Good evening, stinkers. How are you? Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast, 7 p.m. on a friggin' very warm, 86 degrees, in fact, evening. Uh, got the light out at the Indian Deli, the quick food mart. Got a bunch of fucking rice and lentils and shit in there. Place smells like a butthole. But I like Indian food. You can go in there and get yourself a some sort of uh, bong or ceremonial hot hoka hookah shit. You can get yourself some uh, rolling papers. You can get yourself a little bit of an energy drink, a candy bar, a lottery tickets. They're big on the big on a lottery ticket. There's always somebody standing at the counter. You know, some lottery addict buying their tickets. And I think there's something about the place, honestly. The guy who runs it, by the way, is very, very nice. But uh, every time I see him, if I were to, I used to go in there to get, honestly, an energy drink. Freaking hard, long, hard days in the office, you know, taking care of people. Need a little boost, need a little edge. I can see why the, why the likes of uh, you know, all those action heroes that are 70 and 80 years of age are still are trying to you know get caught coming across the border or whatever or somehow get caught with performance enhancing substances because holy shit you, know, uh, you need an edge get a little bit older so anyway I'm freaking laboring over patients doing my best to take care of these folks a little bit of a monster energy drink with no calories just a caffeine really I would have one of those and man all of a sudden I'd go into high gear for the evening don't judge me, you fuckers. You drink your fucking 10 cups of coffee or your Starbucks or whatever. And get your rocks off, too. I know you folks are dabbling in some performance-enhancing substances. Those su- supplements you go to GNC for or whatever the hell else you're up to. We all have our poison anyway. Freaking Indian Deli guys, we always be like, Hey, how you doing, neighbor? Oh, business is not good. How how is it over there? Like he seemed to extract some sort of glee from um, complaining about the state of business. Oh, the economy is really not good. Oh, really now the sales are down. Like I don't know what to tell you, dude. Your business seems to consist of teeny boppers coming in here buying rolling papers and condoms and shit. You know. Nice, nice fellow. I had some interesting characters come in the office tonight. Love them all, of course. Helped them to the best of my ability. Had a conversation with someone today about, in fact, my students. Our discussion for this week is kind of a little bit off the beaten path in terms of anatomy and physiology. It's about learning. And there's this TED Talk that I've been posting uh, as a discussion topic for years now. This dude, um, I think he was actually knighted. I forget what what his name is, but some British guy. He's talking about how we're suppressing creativity in schools, in education. We're overlooking it. Uh, this is kind of old news, right? Everybody's been long frustrated with the uh, curriculum, the process of education in America, whereby 
it's all about the grade and teaching to the test. And you got your, I, my argument would be having been a student for many, many years um, through the undergraduate and graduate levels that, um, yeah, I can relate. It sucks. It does seem like there's a rite of passage, like you take courses that you essentially will never really utilize and never put them into practice and other courses are your bread and butter but it seems like you build a curriculum well-meaning the powers that be I don't know maybe the the uh, doctors of today will say uh, hey you know know, we're members of the state association I'm a friggin nerd I'm gonna run for the you know the whatever the chiropractor of the year or the Pennsylvania Chiropractic Association National Association president then you get to kind of get on your soapbox regarding legislation anyway this is what I think that the students need to know this is the knowledge that they need to possess and we need to make sure that we have our education on par with our medical counterpart so basically the same curriculum a lot of great stuff like anatomy physiology pathology, exercise physiology, um, chemistry, bio, obviously all those prerequisite science courses are all good. But for our, te- our tuition dollars, what are we doing? We're going to go, we're going to college to get tortured. You know, there's, there's not, it, it's, it, it's a fucking bummer. You take full time is 12 credits for most of these programs, like a nursing program, for instance, 16 credits I hear they're taking. That's a lot. It's full-time student, so you're busting your ass. You get all these courses. Some of the professors are assholes, old-school fuckheads who expect everybody to you know, suffer like they did, and that's fucked up. It's also a big sale, right? And I'm in education. I'll tell you that about healthcare, too. It's also a big fucking sale. Um, who's really trying to help people? It's a commodity, right? And that's a problem with the way we think fundamentally, I think, in America to a degree. Everything is a commodity. Everything's got a price tag on it. Nothing is sacred, really. And education is up there, right? Let's see, how is this bubble going to burst? we got students at my institution that are paying 30, 30 grand or more for their education. And then you've got some of these other institutions where it's beyond that, twice that a year. So, and what are you getting when you walk out of an Ivy League school? Are you getting a guaranteed payday? Are you going to do something that you really want to do with your life? You know, you want to be a uh, doctor or a lawyer? It's like those two always come together. I want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or something, some professional thing. It's something to aspire to. And I kind of fell for that too. You know, I knew that I wanted to get into a, an occupation, do something for a living that I loved. And I honestly do love this. There are facets of it that drive me fucking nuts, but I do love it. And I'm good at it and I make a good living at it without selling out, without being a scumbag doctor, ambulance chasing fucking greedy bastard. Try not to be part of that whole thing. Um, also got loans to pay, though, right? Got a family to feed, got a, all that shit. So, 
my students are essentially on our uh, discussion board right now, and they're all agreeing with this guy, what he's saying, that creativity is something secondary, that we it's a luxury that they're not afforded in their education because there's so much work to do. There's so much stuff to know, to that they're expected to memorize and then regurgitate. I wish that I had an answer to that. I, I actually am part of the problem instead of the solution to the problem, I think. I mean, I try to be like Robin Hood and steal from the rich to give to the poor. I, tr- I tell them to get a lesser version of their textbook and I, try, I tell them to worry about other courses, just follow my specific instructions and show up to class and everything's going to be okay. And most of the time it is. You know, I've got my students typically do quite well. And at the end of the semester, they enjoy the course and they have good things to say about me. Everybody's happy, you know. Maybe there could be one, oh, this, oh I love this professor. Uh, he was great. You know, this course was great. This content, I really enjoyed it. I love anatomy to this day because of this person. You know, if I could be that individual, then I'm succeeding in life. But they're agreeing with this gentleman, saying that creativity is suppressed. And on the one hand, I, I mean, I absolutely see their point. I think creativity is something with my wood carving, with my writing, with my Snapchat, anti-June, Cowboy Luke shit, with everything that I do. If I can cut loose creativity, even whether I'm singing a song or making a little wrap-up in the office or singing a, jiving the lyrics with somebody's name or making somebody laugh, trying to be creative, trying to inspire people, just to, you know, to give them a good experience. And so I think that I, as far as teaching creativity, there should be courses on creativity, yeah. There should be, but there's, there's so much groundwork to lay just the fundamentals, the scientific fundamentals involved, let's say, in a pre-med, uh, pre-med program. You know, you got a lot of work to do. You need to know this material. It's important that you know your shit. Every little nitty-gritty detail, you need to know. Even some of the ones that you don't, you, you'll think, oh, I'll never use this. You know, you may be right. You may be wrong. You may make a connection years later and say, oh, you know what, I, uh, I see chemistry, I understand, you know, because you've, you've taken that course. So um, education is um, ongoing. you got to dedicate yourself to be a lifelong learner, to be interested in things. Um, you might have to get a your 9 to 5, or if you want to be make a good living, you might have to do something you don't like. You might have to be a nurse or a doctor, something that, oh, I can't wait to do this. But then you find out that you fucking hate it. Or you hate parts of it. You hate it enough, the schedule, the hours, your coworkers, the patients. You might find out that it just burns you the fuck out and you don't want to do it. In which case, maybe you need to devise a side hustle. You need to do what you need to do to earn a living, keep a roof over your head, put some money in the bank, raise a family, and you also need to enjoy life a little bit. Maybe on the side you, I don't fucking know, um, 
you run a fitness enterprise, you're a personal trainer, you love yoga, you're going to teach yoga at this local gym. It gives you a little bit of extra money and keeps you in shape and keeps you keeps you sane. Or maybe you like to uh, barbecue, so you invent some sort of new barbecue fucking smoker or something. Or maybe you, you know, whatever. You like to bartend. You like want to make some extra coins, so you go and you bartend, and that's your social life. Or like me, you know, I carve wood, make a little bit of money on that. It inspires me. I spin that energy and that enthusiasm uh, of this hobby, essentially, off into other aspects of my life, and I incorporate it so that everything I see, I can grab this out of the air, grab this experience, grab this knowledge, and try to incorporate it to the other things that I'm doing. It's all really relative. It can be. Um, So the fact of the matter, I think, is that Nobody's going to teach you creativity. Uh, nobody, you might be, if you're lucky, you might take a course in psychology that, that uh, interests you. You might take a handful of courses that genuinely interest you and meet your expectations, um, inspire you across your, uh, your college career. You take a lot of other courses that you might like the subject, but you hate the professor, or the tests are unreasonable, or you just can't get it. It's not how your brain works, or your schedule is so fucked up that you're not going to be able to um, to focus and to get everything done. So, more than likely, education for the short term is going to change. Is going to stay the way it is. All right, it's going to be a means to an end. I want, I'm pursuing this degree program. They've organized it in such a way that I have to take these courses. And then after that, my next semester, I'm going to take these courses. And this is the product at the end of the, of your studies, you're going to have a cap and a gown and a diploma and you pass your boards, you can practice. And then the next stress, the next hump you need to get over is finding a job and finding hours that you can do and you're going to suffer for a while doing some things that are uncomfortable to you. You're going to have to do, you know, you're going to have to make widgets. You're going to have to friggin', you know, um, be taken, you might have to work in the ER as a nurse. You might be uh, working in a trauma unit. You might be working in a, in a, um, a low-income area to try to pay off your loan. I don't fucking know. And you're going to be dealing with people who are, you know, or you may be working in in an inner city and you got people coming in with gunshot wounds and stuff, depending upon where you live. I don't know. But in your spare time, it's worth doing something you really enjoy. All right. Because it'll kill your spirit to be studying your ass off just to get a degree. And then you find out, wow, I fucking really... I can't stand this, you know. I want to go back to bartending. I was making more money, and hours were better, and I had a life, and whatever, whatever it was, whatever it is. But the students are essentially saying that they, you know, they, they hate 
the education system. They hate the stress that they are under and the process of studying and taking exams and all this shit, talking about how, you know, people should, you know, not be encouraged to do something that they're not going to like just to make a wage. That's kind of the society in which we live. You know, that's the framework of our society is you work hard, you get training, you go to, you know, you do whatever, go to school, get your diploma, land your job, and you earn. And then you start paying off your loans and you get a house with a white picket fence and you settle down, whatever that means to you. Um, that's what it is. You know, people talking more and more about how uh, some people should just, you know, pursue the trades. And I think that people, itself, you know, people need to be able, well, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I think that's true. I think there, you can go to a trade school, uh, go to an HVAC school or become an auto mechanic or a construction person or whatever, and you can have a very good job and a very good life and benefits and have everything that somebody else is going to have that is, have went to school forever and got a shitload of loans and, and all kinds of stress, and, and they still hate what they do. It's very common. I think most people don't like their job. Most people don't care for their coworkers. They don't want it. They don't care for their boss because it's something that they have to do. It's, they feel like it's a sentence. And we're kind of spoiled in America because well, there's a lot of people that would kill for an opportunity, the opportunities that we have. And so we have that responsibility. I mean, if you want to go move to the Caribbean and 10 bar, you know, sell cocktails and dreams, you can do that. I don't know what kind of life you're going to have uh, right now for a few years. You might want to do that. I used to date a girl who moved to fucking St. Thomas, and she bartended. I think she's still there. I hope she's happy, you know. She probably wonders every day, should she have gotten that nursing degree or or that teaching degree and, and have a family of four and a white picket fence and a whole nine yards back in the States. Maybe she is back in the States now. I don't know. But you see, it, it's, it's just an interesting psychological experiment, all of this. I, I agree with them. I, I wish that there was a way that we could erase the tests and the unsavory elements of education, the taking the courses that you don't like or you perhaps won't need and paying, you know, not paying through the nose so that you can, you know, barely pay your loans off and have a life in the end. It's a real problem we have. It's a quandary in the United States that this educational bubble is going to burst one these days, perhaps when online learning becomes so widespread that the classrooms, the brick and mortar, that shit's going to be, you know, it's going to be relegated to the social aspects of college, the experience, trying to build that experience. It's like how Vegas built, rather than just gambling, straight gambling and, and debauchery like Atlantic City had going, Atlantic City had all that, but it also, no, Vegas rather, had all the amenities of Atlantic City, but they also had, um, it was a destination. It was something to do. 
you know, you can go get great food and, and have, you know, great resorts and, and really nice stuff. It wasn't just about, you know, a dirty gambling shithole. We need to, that's what you hear about colleges more and more focusing on that. Well, they have a really good meal program and we got this going on over here. You know, you can get the same education probably at a state school, but you're going to pay out your asshole uh, to go to Yale or something just so you can go to Yale and no guarantee necessarily on, um, on your ability to earn a living afterward. So it's definitely a bubble that's ready to burst. And it'll be interesting to see when that plays out. It'll be, I think it'll be a good thing. For a lot of people, it'll, it'll feel like a bad thing because they're going to lose their livelihoods and so on and so forth. But online learning is, is where it's going, I think. Um, even maybe some hybrid learning. Who knows? Robots will probably be teaching courses in the future. And then we'll be dying to have uh, students to be killing for to have a professor, the little quirky professor, to come out there and make them laugh or amuse them in some way. So I think it's interesting. As somebody who is fucking crazy about creativity, I love it. I live it. I I adore it. And I highly value it. I try to insert it into my curriculum. I feel their pain. But how I circumscribe things is that I felt like I could not really turn my attention to creative endeavors. List, reading a book that I wanted to read, listening to a podcast, you know, taking a seminar. I felt like there was so much for me to get through in my education proper. In other words, the curriculum that was in front of me. I had already gotten through, you know, gotten this degree, and now I'm um, halfway through my third trimester in chiropractic college, and I'm thinking, man, I sure would love to read this fiction book or this sci-fi book, or, man, it'd be nice to be carving wood right now. But I had to fucking bust my ass and, you know, fulfill this sentence, essentially. It was like a sentence to study as a full-time student. It was painful. But I had other people who I was going through it with, going through the process with, and there was some competition there, and there was some money that had already been laid out. The whole process kind of begets, you know, it's, it, it prompts you to follow this, this path. Like, this is what we want you to do. This is, you want this degree. This is what you're going to need to do. The hoops you need to jump through in order to get the degree so you can go out and get a job and practice your trade and make money. You want to do this? You want to be a doctor, chiropractic? Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do all this. All right, so now you're halfway through. Easy peasy. Talk to this guy. He's, he just got out. He's got a nice job. Oh, he's practicing over here. He couldn't be happy. You know what I mean? Like, so I value all this, but I could not focus on any sort of extracurricular. Uh, I couldn't enjoy myself, really, 
until I got out and into practice. And even and then it was something else, right? Then it was I need to market, I need to get new patients, I need to, you know, treat this individual on a Saturday um, afternoon, drive you know, from an hour away to go take care of this person to make a forty measly forty dollar payday, and just to, to demonstrate my willingness to serve, right? Jeez. So it's always something else. Now I've been in practice for 15 years and yeah, I'm very busy. I'm not marketing anymore. I'm making decent money. But, you know, I'm stressed and I'm tired and I have a family at home that needs me and that I'd like to spend time with. But they're off, uh, you know, doing their, their school studies and their sporting uh, endeavors. So we all basically collide in the living room at 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, maybe catch the end of a football game. And it's something else. You, it, the world seems to conspire against us in terms of leisure time. You really got to take it because nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody's going to... Um, you know, you're going to have to budget your time in such a way and prioritize. Well, you know, maybe I don't need to be in the office until 8 o'clock at night. Maybe I don't need to, uh, you know, get this advanced degree. Maybe I'll just get a fucking job and, you know, be a plumber or something. There's nothing wrong with that. The trades, though, were always something that were, in my opinion, although my family was working class, dad was a lineman, my mother worked at the power plant, uh, they didn't have a college degree, but they worked their ass off, like Fred and Wilma Flintstone. Everybody worked hard in America. That's part of the thing. Like, we work hard. We're willing to bust our ass and work overtime and, and you know, brag about all the money that we're making around the barbecue on Sunday afternoon. But we hate our job, and it makes, me hate our, makes us hate our lives a little bit. The trades, I remember when I went to my guidance counselor in high school, maybe I was a sophomore or something, they said, well, you got to, you know, you're not a college guy, you, you need to go to trade school, and you need to go to vocational, votech. So, I did that. I went for auto diesel engine rebuilding, motorhead stuff. And I was okay at it, but I hated it. I didn't like the getting that dirty and grease monkey shit. And there were guys who were who were just into it, man. The, the one guy, his family owned a junkyard or something. And he had crazy hot rods and he knew how to do all this shit. Like he could be, he's probably well employed as a mechanic right now. Somewhere. Still making hot rods and shit. Just a really... Um, knowledgeable kid that grew up using working with his hands and he loved it but I remember walking through the halls of high school and you'd see all the you know you knew that this kid was planning on going to Trenton State University or um, Rowan University or whatever we even had a, a couple friends one went to Stanford uh, you know then these it was like college was something unattainable for a segment of the population, and these folks were, um, they were 
banished from that sort of life, that white collar existence, and we they had to go put on their friggin' work clothes and go bust their ass for the same company, maybe for their entire career. They got good benefits. They got a pool in the backyard, you know. So what you got to drive around in, in a dirty truck and uh, climb telephone poles every once in a while when a storm knocks them down. That was what we did, and we my, my parents really provided. Had a, I had a good upbringing and didn't really want for anything in the material sense. Um, but anyway, it's just an interesting time in our society. Technology has blown up, right? It has enabled so many things and brought so many conveniences to all of us. We're all would rather it's easier in a lot of ways to order a... Uh, some office supplies on Amazon, have them delivered, dropped off on your stoop, rather than to go over to Staples, you know, so, um, it's a very interesting time in our society where we've come from, from such a place of hard work and sacrifice, and, you know, think about grandparents and great-grandparents who, uh, lived through the Great Depression, and they, uh, an old girlfriend, her grandmother was so f frugal that she would, her deceased husband, she kept his tidy whities and sewed the pee hole shut and would wear his underwear because she didn't want to buy new underwear for herself. Thought it was squandering, you know, in her defense. Um, nobody was going down her pants, you know. So what the hell is no big, no difference. Wear the tidy whities, you know. Waistband is probably all fucking, the elastic's all shot. Um, so, yeah, we, we suffered back in the day, and now that suffering made people frugal and made them, you know, shrewd with their money and their business decisions and made them work hard, and then you got, you know, we've got the land of plenty, the Mercedes 80s, where everybody was doing pretty well, and the decades ensue, you know, we, we've had it pretty good for a long time, and technology has solved so many problems, so... Really, the world is the is their oyster. These students, I mean, they, we're spoiled, essentially, but there there really is never a better time. Was never a better time to be alive, even though there's a lot of things that seem like they're fucked up in our society right now, politically and uh, socially. There's a lot to be happy about and to be proud of, the opportunities that that can come knocking. But it's, it's good. I'm glad that my students are saying uh, the truth, speaking the truth, that they are frustrated with the education system and the lack of creativity that is put to work in the uh, classroom. It's still, you know, go to this lecture, got to be here in this time, or we're going to take attendance, we're going to... I don't give a fuck if you show up or not. I'm getting paid regardless. But I want you to, to, to love this material. If you want to be a nurse, if you want to be a doctor, you want to be a scientist, you need to appreciate human anatomy and physiology. This is your life. It's my life. You know, when I leave here this, this morning, later on today, I'm going to be have patients on my table working on their backs, sorting out their physical problems. So I need to know what a lumbar spine is and what the musculature attaching to that area and the nerves going through it, you, need, you really need to know your shit. And so if you want to be a nurse, you want to be a clinician, 
you will know your shit. And the creativity that there's a lot of, you know, it's some of the material is not enjoyable. It, it, you know, if you're fascinated by the human body and you really want to help people, then you'll find it interesting. But there's a lot of little details, nitty-gritty stuff. It's an information dump, and you need, need to know this stuff. It's going to be on your boards. It's going to be, um, you know, you're going to see it in practice. And so I'm sorry that the skeletal system and, you know, the matrix of the bone and the hydroxyapatite crystals are not very romantic or not very uh, alluring to you. But this is your life. You know, you need to know this shit and know it well. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to help your patients. So there's that. In any spare time you have, I would challenge you to cut your creativity loose. To pursue something that makes you whole, that make, keeps you sane. And that can be carving fucking wood, working out, uh, hiking, traveling. Um, fulfill your dreams... You know, find, get a skill, a marketable skill, jump through whatever hoops you need to jump through in order to get there. In other, in other words, you need to pass boards and pass exams and pass your boards and all that shit. Get your diploma, get your degree, get your first job, and immediately, in fact, right now, start squeezing a little bit of fun for yourself. If you like to play a sport, go out and do that. If you like to work on your car, go out and for, make sure you get that time in, you know, because all work and no play makes friggin' Addie a dull girl. We want to enjoy the ride a little bit, right? Now, when I was in school, I never felt, and I said this before, I never felt like I could enjoy the ride. I felt like there's so much work to do. Just the sheer volume of it and the unknowns, like that confidence that to, for me to get that, that place where I felt I knew that I could produce a result. I knew that I could score well uh, by studying this material a given way. Having however many professors with different versions and personalities and testing styles, etc., etc., I kind of had a little bit of confidence. I had developed sufficient confidence in my my methods that I could now go fishing or ride my bike or whatever. It took me a long time to get there. So, in closing creativity is undervalued in our society. The arts are absolutely undervalued in our society. Um, but it is, they're not, sometimes they're not very practical. You know, if I had a nickel every time I ran across somebody who had a psychology degree or, or had <coughs> an art degree and they were, were unable to use it, um, I'd be a rich man. You know, so you want to have a practical degree, certainly. Love and respect. I gotta go eat my dinner. Huh!